Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are live from Underground Studios with Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 195. 195 of these things. Kyle Bennett, OG Alex Ocasio, coming at you live, like we said, from Underground Studios. And as always, show brought to you by our friends at Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot. You need that last-minute Christmas gift, that last-minute Hanukkah gift, Kwanzaa gift, holiday gift, whatever it may be. Ducharms as you cover. They got gift cards. Ducharms Pro Foot and Violence. Security 21. Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home. Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated. Bob Novick Automall. You want to get somebody a car for Christmas? You go to our friends at Bob Novick Automall. They're going to hook you up. Tell them Underground Sports Philadelphia sent you. Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC. And the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. What's going on, bro? It's been a while since you've been on the main show. Welcome back. It's definitely been a while. It's good to be back. You know, talk some. Good to talk my my main loves. You know, my Sixers, my Eagles. Um, I don't know if we're talking Phillies or Flyers at all today. But got a little hey. Flyers. Got a little little holiday spirit in here too. But uh, first things first. This afternoon, the Eagles announced, and uh, Darren Sproles announced on the Eagles website that he will be retiring after the season. Obviously, Darren Sproles is on IR right now and will not play the rest of the year, but he will be at the stadium tomorrow and will run out of the tunnel one final time. Nice. Thoughts on Darren Sproles' six-year Eagles career? One of the greats, man. Uh, Not just as an Eagle, but like, you know, all-time, all-purpose yards. Fifth all-time right now. You know, the man was never was defined by his size, always played a lot tougher, a lot meaner than, you know, people – Initially coming out of college, thought he would. So, you know, shout out to him. He's had a great career. A couple Super Bowls. I believe, is it one with the Saints, one with us? Um, That's a good question. I know he's got the one with us, obviously. I don't know if he actually got one with the Saints or not, but let's check that out. But yeah, Darren Sproles, fifth all-time in career all-purpose yards, which is absolutely insane for a guy his size. Right. He never let that define him. Uh, he was always one of those guys when he was with the Chargers and when he was with the Saints, and I was like, damn. I wish Darren Sproles was an Eagle. <laughs> and then it happened. Sure enough. Uh, he did not win a Super Bowl with the Saints. Okay, so uh, just with us. He was with the Saints from 2011 to uh, 2013, so he just missed winning that Super Bowl with the Saints. But I was like, damn, I wish he was an Eagle. Like, all the time. I always, Even when he was playing with Ladanian Tomlinson, <laughs> when he was down in New Orleans, I was like, he'd be such a fun person to root for Like on my team. Like I root for him as a player in the league, but... Man, he's fun. and then he came here six years, and honestly, I will remember Darren Sproles as an Eagle more than as a Charger or a Saint. I do too. I mean, and that's I all of my fandom bias aside too. Like he accomplished so much with this team, was such a an integral part of them getting over that hump, changing the culture, right. and he's he's an Eagle in my yeah. opinion. I agree. I mean, hey, who do you win a ring with? You know, bingo. <laughs> uh, 
so kudos to Darren Sproles. You know, one hell of a career, and uh, you know, he he did he gave this game everything he could, and for him to unfortunately not be able to finish the last couple seasons is a yeah. bummer. But um, you know, he's always going to be an Eagle, and it's going to be electric when he runs out of that tunnel tomorrow Absolutely. against the Cowboys. So it'll be a big day tomorrow. Let's dive into that game. Big day, Eagles Cowboys. For the Kit Kat and the Caboodle, the division title on the line. Dak Prescott's allegedly hurt. Uh, Eagles have a lot of injuries, as we all know. But I'd rather have an, a healthy quarterback than an injured quarterback. Not sure. I'd rather have. I'd rather have Carson Wentz than, than Dak Prescott. <laughs> uh, this game, going into the week, I was nervous. I didn't know how I felt. I was like, man, this is going to be tough. But then Tuesday came around. Early in the week, I was like, they're going to win this game. I felt confident. Wednesday came. I was still wavering a little bit. Thursday, I'm like, all right, they got this. Friday, first take shows up at Chickies and Pete's. Hashtag not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah, Stephen was, A. Smith yelled the holla at your boy. Max Kellerman getting Max booed. Max Kellerman getting booed, <laughs> deservedly so. Deservedly. And uh, Monty G in the background with his eagle hat flapping. I think the Eagles are going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, I think they got a good shot. Uh, I think this game uh, is going to depend on a couple things. It's going to just depend on our secondary getting their stuff together because you're, you know, Dak hurt, not hurt. I mean, they they got to hold down their positions. I also need the pass rush to get there this week too, which is a tough one to ask I me. Mean, you're going up against one of the better offensive lines in the NFL, but you have enough talent on that line to at least, you know. Yeah, Brandon Graham. Uh, don't know if they've ruled Derek Barnett out yet, but right. he hasn't practiced all week, so I'm assuming he's probably not going to play. But Josh Sweat has stepped up in his absence. You have Fletcher Cox. You have Tim Jernigan back. Yeah. like You have the pieces. You have the pieces on this defensive line to make some noise, cause some disruption, and get after Dak early. You have you know the ability to bring Malcolm Jenkins down right. as a pseudo-hybrid linebacker, too, on a safety blitz if you need to. You have the ability to you know mismatch against this Cowboys offense that has really gone pass heavy this year and gone away from what we have come to know the Cowboys to do and that's right. run the ball and the Eagles are very good at stopping the run so in my opinion I say you know you take your chances and force them to run the ball and you just try to stop Zeke and get after the the passing attack because Dak's not going to be able to throw the ball down the field in my opinion right I mean like uh, I don't know We'll see. I mean, like, I'm not going to count anything. I know they said he's hurt, but, like, I haven't. We've know, heard I haven't that before. I haven't seen, seen it myself. So, you know, um, all I know is is that if he is hurt, you need to take advantage of that. Uh, for, like you said, force them to play through the ground and not through the air. Uh, but if they start, you know, God forbid, but if they start lining up our cornerbacks, I need – Jim Schwartz to adjust the game plan. I need him to give their cornerbacks help. Like, Amari is probably the biggest person I'm worried about today. Like, Michael Gallup is what it is. I think our linebackers can keep up with Jason Whitten's, like, 40-year-old body. Um, but um, I need to – we need to make sure that Amari Cooper is contained. We cannot have what happened against the Dolphins happen against the Cowboys. Because oh, you know? then the Cowboys will extend Amari Cooper like the Dolphins extended Devontae yeah. Parker and will be screwed for years to come. But I agree. You need to – not allow, and that's the that's been the storyline too with Amari Cooper. Is ever since he's come to the Cowboys, he's just absolutely torched the Eagles every single game. And in my book, 
early on, if you see Ronald Darby can't cover Amari Cooper, switch to Rasul Douglas. Yeah. Because Rasul is that big physical corner that has the height, you know, kind of matchup with Amari that is equal. And we all know what Rasul did to Amari last year, and if it wasn't for a, a fluke Crazy tip, tip, yeah. The Eagles win that game. And Rasul did a damn good job covering Amari. I'm sure Rasul wants revenge on that. I'm sure Ronald. And to avenge that. So Rasul just wants revenge if, in general. If if Ronald Darby is not looking good, Jim Schwartz has to recognize that and take him off of Amari Cooper and put a guy like Rasul Douglas on him. Right. And the Eagles will find success because that's the matchup you want. You want the big physical corner on the big physical wide receiver. I agree. I agree completely. So that's what you need to do there. I also think you need to contain a guy like Randall Cobb, which is going to come down to Avante Maddox just being, you know, on his P's and Q's. I think and we have good slot corners for Randall Cobb, though. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a big game for Avante and a big game for Craven LeBlanc to just shut down a guy like Randall Cobb who has the ability to be that sneaky X factor yeah, in a game and just just win games for you. Um, and Eagles need to open up a playbook. Little bit, hundred percent agree there. I, I need to see a little Greg Ward fake touchdown pass <laughs> action from the former quarterback. You know, something. You know, get this Dallas team off balance because I said this on Eagles enemies, which this week was Eagles frenemies because our boy Brendan Walker joined us this week. Uh, the Cowboys defense, in my opinion, this year quite overrated. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's they got a decent secondary. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm a really big fan of Chidobi Awuzie. Um, but even the secondary hasn't been this highly touted secondary that it I was agree. made out to be. I think they've had, like, so there was a good portion of the season where the secondary was picking up the slack for the rushing game, and the rushing game was just, I mean, the rushing defense was just horrible. And I think now they're experiencing a bit of a vice versa, like where the rushing has been improved, but the passing game has been getting lit up on from the Cowboys. So let's hope, you know, both sides are having a bit of a down spell uh, when we play them tomorrow. Um, I think this game relies heavily on the shoulders of Carson Wentz. Um, with everything that's been going on this week, I don't think this is a career-defining game, but I do agree that this is, this is probably the most important game he's played to date, just because this is your first time getting into the playoffs. Um, and you need... I agree with the fact that he needs to see some playoff action, especially for this, like the improvement of his career as a QB. I really feel like he needs to make the playoffs this year. But, uh, you know, I believe I have all the faith in my man. I think he's going to light it up. I think our, you know, our wide receivers are going to do what they can to help that him That we out. still have. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but that's the thing, too. Carson has to realize that it's really only Greg Ward at the wide receiver position that we all know from the outside looking in that he trusts. He doesn't trust J.J. Ortega-Whiteside to, to save his life. You have Zach Ertz, though. You have Dallas Goddard. That is your biggest winning matchup right. there. The Cowboys linebackers are so slow. You need to attack. Like, that needs to be the focus and point of attack all day long from the passing game. Use Zach Ertz. Use Dallas Goddard. Use, you know, the underneath pass to a guy like Boston Scott to Miles Sanders. And then Agreed. sprinkle in some Greg Ward if you can get him open down the field. Sprinkle in a deep pass to Miles Sanders if you can get him down the field. But you need to attack these linebackers because they are slow as molasses. They can't catch you after you catch the ball. They're not going to catch up to you because, one, they're not 100% healthy. Two, Sean Lee is like a corpse. Well, I think Leighton Van Der Esch is very – I do think Jalen Smith is a little – he's probably the speediest back in their backfield. 
Um, I think and that's not saying much because we all know Jalen's had that foot injury and he's right. been slowed down from what he was in college. Our tight end should be able to absolutely roast their linebackers. I agree. I think they also need to use Carson out the pocket more. I mean, stat show with the stat show, and the man's got one of the highest QBRs yeah. in the league. Take time the off the clock. Like, extend drives mm-hmm. and make Dallas wait to get on the field. This Eagles team has not beaten the Cowboys with Dak and Zeke on the field ever. Right. They have The Cowboys have won four straight, and that's literally the only thing the Cowboys have and their fans have over the Eagles fans right now is, oh, we've won four straight. We've won four straight. Make a, a defining moment in this season's you know storyline, and one, end that Cowboys winning streak. Two, punch your ticket to the playoffs, essentially, with a win over the Giants after this game. Right. And keep the Cowboys out of the playoffs and send them into an absolute whirlwind and down spiral of chaos and turmoil because as soon as this Cowboys team loses on Sunday, that's what's going to happen. They're going to fire Jason Garrett. They're going to bring in some puppet head coach for Jerry Jones to control again for another decade. It's going to be absolute chaos. And what do we want more than chaos going on (laughs) in in Jerry world? Yep, (laughs) Nothing more. And... That's what will literally happen if this Eagles team can pull out a win on Sunday and beat the Cowboys is they will send that franchise into a literal abyss that they might not be able to climb out of for quite some time. Right. I mean, I think if they lose this game, you know, they're going to have there's going to be a lot of questions in that uh in that locker room, you know, coaching wise, uh Dak has a bad game. I'm sure he's going to hear he's about that. He's due for a contract. Yep. So I mean, it's a win a win tomorrow could potentially, you know, help the Eagles out even more aside from just making the playoffs this year. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think that they have all the – I wouldn't say they have the talent to get it done. I think for the most part they do. I think we're lacking in, in the in the wide receiver department right now. But I think our tight ends are really good, a lot better than the Dallas tight ends. I think they, you know, they have Zeke, but we have two really good running backs who have shown a lot these past few weeks. Miles Sanders, I need them to make him a, you know, like a, a, a focal huge point. Yeah. part of this game. You know what I'm saying? So whether you got to use him out the backfield, I need blocking, um, you know, for all the O-linemen we have, uh, for the ones that made the Pro Bowls, the ones that got snubbed. Um, <laughs> Lane Johnson. <laughs> but we got a really good offensive line. I need them to step it up too um, against this against this. D-line on the Cowboys and get the run game going. So so uh, Friday's injury report, the only person who was ruled out was Lane Johnson, which is a huge hit in my opinion because of the guys that hadn't practiced all week. I thought Lane would have been the one that would have tried to tough it out. Right. Uh, but Lane will be out, so it looks like Big V is going to be at right tackle. Right. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is questionable. I'd be shocked if he played because there are reports that his knee is literally two times the size of what it should be. Uh, due to the swelling, so I guess he actually did hurt his knee against the Patriots. Yeah. Plus, I don't need to see Nelson Aguilar on the field the rest of the season. Like, I agree. There's there's no need. Um, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside looks like he's going to play. It was just kind of precautionary that he was listed with the foot injury. Derek Barnett's questionable. Jordan Howard's questionable. Avante Maddox is questionable, but it looks like he's going to play. Brandon, Book- Brandon Brooks is good to go. Fletch is good to go. Ronald Darby's good to go. I think the one thing that's not being talked about right now is Jordan Howard potentially being back too. Yeah, I mean, if Jordan Howard comes back, I mean, that's a huge, that's like a huge piece that you're getting back for your offensive game. I mean, he was lighting it up before he got hurt, before he got that stinger, 
Um, but the man was averaging around, what was it, four yards a carry? There were people clamoring for him to get extended. Yeah. I mean, I was one of them if you could get him, like, on a cheaper type contract, like, you know, three years, 15 million, something like that. But if Jordan Howard comes back, one, that makes your running backs deeper. It look, it would probably look like Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard, Boston Scott. You don't need JHI's dead legs on the field anymore. Um, and it just adds another dimension to your running game. Right, that, because they all play really different. You yeah. know, like Jordan Howard is that bruiser, power back. going to get you to With that yards. jolt of speed, too, yep. once he breaks through. Miles Sanders... I've said it all purpose. for a, a while now. He reminds me of he. I call him Le'Veon Light. Le'Veon Light. He is a light version of Le'Veon Bell right now because if you go back and watch these past two games against the Giants and the Redskins, the way he is running the ball out of the backfield, he's doing that little stutter step that Le'Veon Bell does, and he's surveying where he's got to go, and it's so Le'Veon esque. And if that is Miles Sanders' ceiling, my God, did the Eagles get a steal in the second round? Yeah, absolutely. Round. Um. Which, once again, shout out to the people who love to overreact over, like, three games in the beginning of the Nobody season. backed up Saquon. <laughs> I'm so sick of that narrative. Yeah. I'm just sick of people, like, people are going to have bad games in the NFL. It's the NFL. Like, you can't judge people all four games. And the Philadelphia fan base does have a tendency to go a bit overboard when our players aren't performing the way we would wish them to. Um, but I do think, you know, even Boston Scott, like, that's a an electric running back you know, really, really good uh, agility, really good quickness that can make a big difference in this game, especially if you can get them on the outside. You can get the the blockers. I mean, you have big guys like JJ. You have, um, you know, I mean, Greg Ward's like, what, 6'1", 6'2". So, I mean, like, you got people on the at your, you know, your wide opposition that can block. Get those players in the open space and let them create an opportunity for you in your offense. You know what I'm saying? And Boston Scott has just been – that breath of fresh air yeah. for this offense. Like, where has that been? Like, we've we've said it now the past couple of weeks. Like, where has Boston Scott been? Where has Greg Ward been? Because I guarantee you, if Greg Ward is in half of the games where Nelson Aguilar or J.J. Ortega-Whiteside drop passes, Eagles have, like, three or four more wins on this season. You think, you think back to the Atlanta game, Detroit, you know, New England. Uh, you think back to the Cowboys game when Nelson Aguilar just stopped running when he yeah. was wide open. Uh, you know, you th- you think back, there are like five or six games that this Eagles team, if they had competent wide receivers, they have maybe four, five, six more wins on this season. Right. And we're talking about them being in the same echelon as, you know, the Saints, Packers, Seahawks, 49ers, rather than, you know, scraping and clawing to win the division and be a four seed in the NFC. Right. I mean, it's still kind of rough just because, like you said, you've lost so much talent at the wide receiver position. I do think that losing – I mean, Alshon – losing Alshon sucks. I really think when they lost to Sean, they lost, like, a big piece of that offense. I mean, you can even see it in the first game how electric everything looked with Deshaun at the wide opposition versus where we're at right now. The man can spread the field. That creates other opportunities towards the middle and out the backfield for all your other players. And – they don't really have a guy like that right now. Now, if they win this game and they beat the Giants, you know, all they got to do is take out, you know, possibly the Seahawks or, or the 49ers. Or the, and I'd, I'd rather welcome the 49ers in because Jimmy G's never played in the playoffs. Yeah. So I think I'd rather play uh, the 49ers over Russ yeah. as well in the playoffs. I'd rather play the unproven <laughs> in the playoffs than the proven Super Bowl Agreed. winner, MVP extraordinaire. Yeah. Uh, my other take is that. You know, 
this Eagles team, wide receiver-wise, besides Zach Ertz, and he's a tight end, so you can't even really count, they don't have a wide receiver this year with 500 receiving yards. Alshon Jeffrey finished just shy with 490. Right. This team is literally the 2016 Eagles the rag with 2018 injuries. Yeah. That's literally what it is. You think back to... 2016, Jordan Matthews was leading the team in rec- in receiving yards. He had like, I want to say like six or seven hundred yards, and then Doriel Green Beckham <laughs> had like 320 receiving yards. Like this team has not had consistency from the wide receiver position, and they're still in this position to win a division title, right? Because of Carson Wentz, right? I mean, your quarterback has been basically putting the offense on his shoulders. Um, and I will give credit to the rookies and the you know the practice squad guys where I've been. They made some big catches along the way, but at the end of the day, like Carson's just really doing all he can to to get this team into the playoffs, which you love to see from your franchise QB. I mean, dude, if he can do it against the Dallas Cowboys, man, like that changes the game not only for like his career career perspective and uh, like an Eagles perspective because they might make the playoffs, but like. Hopefully, people after that, if he you know he performs well, can put some respect on his name because I feel like he doesn't get enough credit as he should in the NFL these days. Carson, looking at his stats right now, is literally like has the ability to if if things go his way and go the Eagles' way to have a four thousand yard passing season, which would be the first four thousand yard passing season in Eagles history, which yeah. is hard to believe. Thinking of all the quarterbacks his team has had, even in recent history, think of. You know, when Nick Foles was a starter, Michael Vick, Donovan McNabb, none of them ever had 4,000-yard passing seasons. Right. Carson Wentz right now has 3,431 passing yards. If he throws for a little over 300 yards in these next two games, he'll be the first to do it. And look at the dreck that he has had to throw to at the wide receiver position this year. Agreed. It has literally been a revolving door of just guys coming in and out. He's got seven interceptions on the season, which is tied for his career low with 2017, where he didn't play the entire season, obviously. Right. And last year, where he didn't play the entire season, still seven interceptions. Carson has been fantastic with not turning the ball over through the air. He's ha- he's had the fumbling issue, sure, but when he's throwing the ball, he's not turning it over interceptions-wise. 25 touchdowns, which is second most in his career. 33 he threw... Uh, obviously during the 2017 season, but 25 touchdowns this year through right. the year. That is remarkable yeah. from what he's had to throw to. Uh, Was he like seventh in the league right now in touchdowns? Something passes? like that. As of last He's in week? the top ten, right? which is absurd. And then, you know, he's he's had a dominant season, and it's not going to reflect how great it's been for Carson because Agreed. of how bad the team has been. I definitely agree with that statement. So, I mean... Just take care of business. He's got a 63.4 completion percentage with this dreck of a wide receiver group. Like mm-hmm. All the drop passes, too. All the drop passes. It, it's remarkable what he's been able to do, and I agree. This game is the most important for him to date because of what's at stake. Right. You have a playoff berth on the line. You have a division title on the line. It's at home. It's against your biggest rival, against your fans' biggest rival, you know, Stars come out, lights shine bright. We got to we got to see Carson shine bright right. tomorrow at four twenty five at the link, and just put on an absolute show and shut up these talking heads that are just you know pumping the tires of the Cowboys. Yeah, 
he's got to throw some more of them, you know, Carson gems we've been seeing these past few weeks. I mean, like that beautiful floater to Greg Ward that should have been caught, the one to Nelson uh, during the past game that should have been caught. Like, I need to see more throws like that from Carson. He's been a little bit inconsistent sometimes, especially in the, like, short game, short to intermediate game, but um, he's always found a way to, you know, just put that stuff behind him and just carry the squad from then on out, so... Uh, I got all the faith in the world, and Carson, I think he's going to have a good game tomorrow. Birds win in the division tomorrow? Birds win in the division tomorrow. I agree. (laughs) Uh, If you haven't already, make sure you check out what we dubbed Eagles Frenemies this week with uh, our boy Brendan Walker. Uh, We broke down the game from an X's and O's standpoint, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Brendan will be back on the network very, very soon, too. So make sure you follow him on Twitter at BWalkerNFL. Does a lot of uh, writing for Fourth and John as well. And uh, he, if you watch the NFL Network, not a sponsor, he runs a little ticker at the bottom. That's my man Brandon Walker's job. <laughs> uh, so he's providing you with all those updates. So make sure you follow him on the Twitter machine. Uh, but the birds and boys tomorrow. But the Sixers are struggling against the zone. Another loss to the zone matchup for the Sixers as they fell to the Mavericks last night. They fell to the Heat on Wednesday. And they both teams are running like a high school zone defense against them, and they just can't figure it out. No, I disagree with that take. And everybody's like, "Oh, fire Brett Brown!" Yeah, uh, that, this I, team I is can't not stand that, that those comments. Here, here's what you need to take a look at: Sixers to to succeed against the zone defense, you just you get open shooters, you get Correct. open shots. The Sixers have had open shot opportunities. Correct. The shots just have not fallen. Correct. That is the issue. The Sixers shot 29% last night against the Mavericks. Uh, you Toby know, went like 0 for 4. Toby went 0 for 4. James Ennis went 1 for 5. Mike Scott went 1 for 4. Al Horford went 1 for 4. You know, Joel Embiid figured out how to beat the zone defense, and that's why he had a great night. 33 and Shout what? out to Joel. 17? 17 rebounds? But when your shots don't fall, you're not going to beat his own defense, and that's all it really is. Yeah. What has to happen, though, is Brett does have to come up with some sort of adjustment to figure out how to, you know, counteract the zone and not let it get in these guys' heads. Because Joel came out and said last night, I'm going to pull up the clip for everybody, too. The Sixers played scared. They're they're playing afraid. They're not playing confidently. And uh, he said that after the game. I'm going to pull it up here. But what's your take on these last two games where the Sixers have kind of just been befuddled by the zone defense. I mean, it's really disappointing to see him, man. I mean, like, you have a good team. You have one of the better defenses. I think the issue is from a scoring perspective and then, like, a chemistry perspective, I feel like it's another thing. Like, you'll have certain pieces going off, but you'll never have that entire team click in terms of, like, scoring-wise. Because I've seen them make passes to where they're, like, they're comfortable playing with each other, but I don't know if they, like fully trusting one another or even themselves. Like, I'll see passes to wide-open shooters like Toby and um, um, Mike Scott's open, Josh Richardson, and they'll just James Ennis. They won't even shoot it because, like, you know, I'm under the mentality that shooters shoot, you know? You're like, going to miss shots. If you have a wide-open shot, you have to take it because you just, like, not giving that defender time to come out and, you know, react to you is just slowing down the rest of the offense. Like, all their defenders are getting back to their guys. Um, you know, I think that the bench has been a really big problem for this team these past couple games. They're not 
getting the scoring done that you need. I think that's we were Furkan Korkmaz has come back down to earth and yeah. become Furkan Korkmaz again. Like it was bound to happen, and like you said, shoot or shoot, and that's what Furkan's going through right now. Tobias went through early in the season, which yeah, Tobias had a bad game last week, but I cannot put he's this all had on a his hot shoulders. month. Yeah, he's been hooping. He's like, like you said, for like a whole a month straight. So. Um, I really need to see jo- Josh Richardson get back to form. Like he was balling out before he got hurt. He's it's had that wrist injury, and against Miami, he just he had so many open looks and just would not shoot yeah. the ball, and that was concerning. But yeah, this I'm- is what Joel said uh, after the game last night against the Mavericks. Um, this video is from Rich Hoffman from the Athletic, uh, and this was Joel to the media. Just lost my defense. Um, Got to get stops. Uh, last two games we have not been good. Uh, yeah, start some defense and then offensively just play the right way. Uh, just be aggressive. Uh, obviously, we got to make shots. Al said about your defense, Joel, that it has felt like there's only a few guys at a time that are, are in the right places. Do you have any idea why that's happening? Is there any cause for that? We're not following the game plan. Uh, like tonight, uh, you know, um, let's say um, team all the way, uh, we had him as a, you know, high guy. So, uh, you know, we just got to do a better job of, you know, following the game plan. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I feel like he's not on the coaches. Uh, you know, we got to play with energy. Uh, we obviously made seven threes um, going into a game, if you know that about. He's a, he's a shooter. Uh, you should not give him any space. So we got to do a better job of, you know, respecting what we're supposed to do uh, and just be aggressive. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Yeah. On, on a night where Joel hits three of seven from three, that's like, holy hell, like we're, we're thriving. Are we, here? We, are, we are vibing and thriving because that's just like an added bonus to what this team is able to do. And Joel led you in three-pointers last night. Yeah. That's a concern to me. And another concern is that they're struggling against this zone with the full lineup in, and you're playing against two teams back-to-back in the Heat and the Mavericks that are not at full strength. The Heat had guys missing. Obviously, last night, Luka doesn't play for Dallas. That's a bit of a concern to me because you have two teams in front of you that are not at full strength, and you couldn't take advantage of those opportunities. I agree completely. I mean... You definitely, like, the Mavs losing Luka is, I, I think, one thing. I, I do think they still have a pretty good squad without Luka there. I mean, uh, Chris Stapps Porzingis is looking like... Did you imagine him on this team? Yeah. Hey, man, I said, like, you know, they should have taken a shot on him when they were talking about trading Chris Stapps. I, I know the price was steep, but that was literally probably the perfect fit for Joel Embiid at the power forward position. Is Chris Sad thing Stapps is, Porzingis. too, is they could have drafted him. Yeah, they could have. That was a whole mess, though. I mean, shout like, out with, to Julia Loka for. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Chris Stapps too for that, really, because he did not want to come to Philly, you know. And oh, you yeah. could have, you could have built a dynasty here with yep. Joel Embiid. So, Chris Stapps opens up the floor for Ben, and you can play Chris Stapps with yeah. Joel off the floor with Ben. And so, like, I feel like Ben is an issue here because I, I get why because he doesn't shoot, but I think the more of an issue is the fact that the. Ben is what he is, right? He's not right. He's not a scoring machine. He's a great defender, makes a great facilitator, you know, great rebounder. Um, he's not going to get you those scoring points. That's why you drafted people like Tobias Harris. I mean, drafted. Traded That's why it. you traded for Tobias Harris. That's why you picked up Josh Richardson. So 
really when you see like all these other players struggling, especially, you know, like, and I keep drawing back to this, but like the people on the bench, like Mike Scott will have cold spells. James Ennis will have cold spells. Um, I don't know why Matisse isn't getting enough burn. I mean, I, I get he's young, but like, I'd rather see him develop uh, throughout the course of the season, especially since you have a good team. Like I don't see us not making the playoffs. Um, and I just would like to get him ready for that, for those moments. But like, I think the team as a whole right now is an issue. I don't think it's just one player, one person. Um, I do, you know, I think Brett Brown deserves a little bit of the blame. I don't agree with the fire Brett Brown crowd. You guys are wild and out. Um, get them out. Yeah. Get the fire Brett Brown crowd out of my mentions. I agree. Uh, but they do, he makes decisions sometimes that I do question sure. as well. And, and honestly, unless you're a guy like Steve Kerr, who's had the success for, you know, the last half decade now, there's not many coaches in this league where you don't question some things that right. they do. Right, I agree. Uh, that's the thing, though. They just got to take advantage of what's in front of them, and Matt and I have dubbed this part of the schedule as uh, the great episode of Seinfeld called Festivus. This is Testivus. This is a big test for the Sixers at this part of the schedule, and they're still succeeding. You know, it all started uh, with the with the Heat game. Uh, you know, the in November. That's mm-hmm. kind of when the the meat of the schedule here started, and you went on that mini run. One, you know, what was it? Uh, six in a row here before you lost to the Wizards. Then you molly the Cavs. You beat the Raptors. You, uh, you know, took down the Nuggets. Got revenge there. You beat the Celtics in a huge game up in Boston. Uh, on a back-to-back, you beat the Pelicans, huge. which I think that win was even more impressive. Uh, and then you lost three straight now. So you get a rebound game tonight. You play the Wizards, a bit of a revenge game. It's in Philly. The important thing is it's a back-to-back. You want these guys to just have their heads right. And the thing is, you know, these past two games have really given teams film on how to beat the Sixers. If you play zone, you can beat them. So you need to be able to counteract this struggle you have against the zone defense and come out and, and just debunk it completely tonight if the Wizards try to throw that at you. I agree. I think you need to find a way to contain Bradley Beal. That's their biggest threat on the Wizards. Um, Davis Bertans, who's yep. just shooting the lights out of any arena he's in. You've got to match up with those two guys. That's, those are their scoring threats. And this Wizards team, sure, they're 8-19, and 19, but they score in bunches. Like, they are going to score. They're going to put up points. You have to be able to, you know, Put up your own points, but you also have to be able to defend what they're doing and just prevent them from from scoring. So that's the big test is seeing what uh, this Sixers team can do in a, a revenge game against Washington. I think they should win this game. That remains to be seen yeah. because I think they should have won these There's last three games won. that they've lost. Yeah. I think this is like a really important stretch, though, as you said. I mean, Wizards, Pistons, Bucks. I think the Bucks game is huge. You know, as a statement, as a statement game for this season. I need you. You know, I need everyone firing on all cylinders against that game. You know, they Bucks just beat the Lakers. Bucks look like the best team in the league right now. So I need this team to get it together for that game. And, you know, have a good showing. And it doesn't get easier even after that Bucks game. You go down to Orlando, who is a team that has had the Sixers number or just plays them tough. Uh, then you play Miami play again. again. Miami is like the, the Charlotte Hornets of last year. Uh, and then you go to Indiana. Then you go to Houston before you come back home uh, for a mini two-game homestand to take on the Thunder and then take on Boston. Boston again. 
3-0, let's go. Testavis <laughs> is, is in full swing, so hopefully the Sixers get a, a much-needed win tonight uh, as they take on Washington. Flyers, though, mollywopped the Buffalo Sabres the other night in a huge, much-needed win. Uh, they beat them 6-1, to one, I believe, was the final score. Shout-out to Carter Hart. And uh, Carter Hart doing kind of hot things. Kind of hot. And uh, I don't know when he'll ever get a shutout. He was on the verge, and then just boom went yeah. in. But that was a much needed win, especially you know to follow up that Ducks game on Tuesday. Flyers play the Senators tonight for the first time since the whole Brady Chuck incident, where he only got suspended a game. Flyers just got to go out and beat these bad teams because you look at how the Flyers are playing right now. Their record is good. They're nineteen and eleven uh, with five overtime losses, forty three points but they are in fifth place in the Metropolitan Division. That just goes to show you how much talent is in this division. You know, right. obviously the Capitals, the Islanders are an absolute wagon right now, the Hurricanes, and then the stupid Penguins. <laughs> um, but the Flyers have opportunities in front of them right now. And one of them is tonight against the Senators. You play a bad Rangers team on Monday, and then you have a giant, long West Coast road trip after uh, you know Christmas and everything passes, but... Go beat the Senators. They're not good. Get a revenge game under your belts and keep this thing rolling after you had, you know, a tough stretch where you drop three in a row. Get them all back. Get Agreed. those three games back and and just go on a run because this team has talent. They're playing very well. We'll see what happens in January because that's typically when the Flyers fall <laughs> off. But it's still December. It looks good right now. It looks good right now. Optimistic October was a success. November was, you know, a little up and down, but then they ended up having most points in the league in November, and I was like, okay, this team looks legit. And now December has been really kind of just the typical Flyers roller coaster. You get the injuries, you get guys coming up, you get Joel Fair be suspended, which was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Just go win some games. Go win some games, man. Do the damn thing. Uh, last segment, because this is our last show before uh, the old holidays. We're going to go through each Philly sports team. We both celebrate the holiday of Christmas. Your wish list for each team going into the new year, going into this holiday season. If you could get one thing for the Phillies, Sixers, Flyers, and Eagles, excluding a championship, because obviously that's what we all want. But if you had one thing underneath your sports team tree for each of these teams, what would it be and why? Let's start off with our Philadelphia Eagles. If you could get one thing for the Eagles this Christmas, what would it be? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing, it's probably the most obvious thing, let's get them some wide receiver help, please. Uh, I'll take anybody at this point. You know, I'll take Emmanuel Sanders. <laughs> I'll take anybody at this point. Speaking but, uh, of Emmanuel Sanders, Jannard Avery, the guy the Eagles traded for the trade deadline, who just doesn't get on the field. Yeah, 20, for whatever reason. 24 snaps he's played since being traded for, which I believe was week seven. Emmanuel Sanders, since being traded to the 49ers, has played in 325 snaps for the 49ers. Just saying. But Yeah, dude. He could have been a big addition to his team. You know, Manny Minotaur, man. Dude's a legend. But yeah, I agree. Wide receiver help. Whoever it may be. Bring T.O. back for all. <laughs> Absolutely got snubbed. On that all-time list, too. Agreed. I don't know how T.O. didn't end up on that of the, list. the bad air around T.O. and Absolutely ridiculous. You know, as a player, though, legendary. Like, you cannot, you should definitely have had him on that. Uh, but I agree. Wide receiver help needs to be done, whether it's in the draft, free agency, both, a trade, something. That is my wish as well for the Eagles. Is. Yes. But if I want to play a little contrarian, 
What I want is a removal under my tree. And I want to remove all of the Carson Wentz haters from this city. Please get the hell out. Yeah. He is here for the long term. Nick Foles isn't walking through that door. He is your quarterback. Get behind him. Support him. Because I've gone on the record on this show saying that this Eagles team in 2020 is going to have the same vibes as what the Seahawks did when they took everybody out that didn't get behind Russell Wilson after the Super Bowl. I agree. They're going to take everybody that doesn't believe in Carson and get him the hell out. I want to remove all the Carson Wentz haters, too. You can go with all those players that don't believe in Carson. So, yeah. say la vie, adios, bye-bye, yeah, you're take, gone. Take a hike. People were really salty about Colin Coward's comments, and I'm like, I'm like, he dude, there's right. some, you know, there's some truth. There's a you, lot of truth. You know what I'm saying? So, like, it, it is what it is. Like, this, you see the talent that this mm-hmm. guy has, a lot more, way more talent than we've ever seen in, in any of our QBs in the history of Philadelphia. I mean... You know, cl- closest athletically, maybe Randall, maybe Donovan, but like nobody's had like the whole package like he has. You know, accuracy, arm, athletic ability, the deep ball, deep ball. You know, being able to run. You know, get rid of the haters. Yeah, agreed. Uh, for our Philadelphia 76ers, I just need some shooters on the bench. Just, just give me somebody, and and please before let me preface this: shooters not named Jamal Crawford <laughs> at Keith Pompey. Jamal Crawford's not coming to the Sixers, guys. Please stop. He is like a, a corpse of himself. He's almost forty years old. He is not going to contribute anything to this team. He can't play defense. He's a liability. Yeah. He's more of a liability than JJ Redick is on defense. Stop the Jamal Crawford stuff. But I need shooters. And it's not going to happen in the trade market because this team is well past that in the phase of what they are in building a championship. They need to work the margins and find some shooters. Probably ditch Jonah Bolden, ditch some of these contracts that are movable, whether it's Trey Burke, whoever it may be, and get some guys who can just come in cold off the bench and put up a bucket for yeah. you in the corner. I would love That's to what see. they need. Where's Iggy at right now? Memphis still? He's still on the Grizzlies? I want to say. Uh, I can look that up. I, I know Iguodala is older, but as a defensive player and a person who can shoot the three, I think he would be a good benefit to the team. I just I, I need to see something out because like right now our bench isn't doing it for us. I either need to see people step up like Frank like Furkan, uh, you know Furkan defensively has been an issue. You know he's had some good offensive games, but I need to be some more consistency with that if he's going to be a defensive liability. Um, I would love to see our boy. Um, the child, the the prodigal son of Philadelphia. Um, why am I blanking on his name right now? Lou Will? No, 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 no. no. Uh, the we the person we just drafted it starts with an M. Um, God. Uh, oh, Mario Shea. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. Am I bugging out? Who we just drafted? We literally just drafted this year. Matisse. Matisse. Matisse Thibel, Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know why I was blanking on his name like that. But oh, I uh, forgot our son. Yeah, dude. Tisk tisk. It's crazy. But yeah, I, I I would really love to see Matisse step up too, man. You know, I would love to see him get more minutes and for him to like because he showed flashes, like you can see the flash, the athletic ability, the defensive prowess, the the range, you know. I just need him to bring that all together in one cohesive unit and then just like go out there and shine because the team really needs it right now. Give me the shooters. Just give me we're one guy away. Yeah. One guy. One really good scoring piece, like like a Lou need. Will type. You know, one Bogdan away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for your Philadelphia Phillies, me? Can I? You? I, I'm sure we're on the same. Yeah, page, I'm sure but we're here. 
Let me hear what you need. Uh, I would really, really like for them to find a way to get Nolan Arenado on this team. (laughs) (laughs) Or even Chris Bryant, but like, dude, like, Nolan Arenado, man, I would lose my mind. Could you imagine this lineup with Nolan Arenado on the squad? It'd be absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. You'd go go Andrew McCutcheon, Gene Segura, Bryce Harper, Nolan Arenado, JT Real Muto, Reese Hoskins, Scott Kingery, JT. Pitcher. And, yeah, yeah, JT hitting fifth. Yeah, so, dude, like, you're, you're talking about, like, you would have, because honestly, I think, like, they're, they're uh, probably Gregorius too. They're probably losing uh, Gene Shigor if they trade for Nolan. Or they're, they're losing somebody in the middle of the field just because I think, like, they'd rather have. You got to balance out the money and yeah. everything. But, like, even if Scott Kingery were to take over there and you'd have DD and Scott Kingery. And Scott at his normal position for once. DD at shortstop. Nolan, Nolan at third. <laughs> Reset, Reset first, first, and then JT your outfield is locking up. And then you you've know? got Kutch, Adam Hazley, Bryce in the outfield. Oh, my God. That'd be crazy, dude. Uh, what I really want is a really solid and justifiable third pitcher in this rotation. I agree with that as well. We've got Aaron Nola. We've got Zach Wheeler. I've really, really bought into Zach Wheeler. Uh, I think he's going to finally hit that, that peak that they've been talking about for a long time now. Uh, I need a third pitcher in here. Whether it's through trade and you go get a guy like Robbie Ray or, you know, somebody. I need another pitcher in this rotation because I can't go through another season of it being Nola, Wheeler, and then you go Jake Arrieta, Nick Pavetta, Vince Velasquez, Zach Eflin, whoever it may be. I need another pitcher in here to really solidify this rotation, have a one, two, three punch every fifth day. Agreed. It needs to happen. I I like Nick Pavetta as a that middle reliever. Like they were trying to mm-hmm. use him as last season, um, just because like I don't know, I do like I. Zach Eflin can't be your third starter going into twenty twenty. I agree. It just can't happen. He's a good number four. Can't be your number three. You need another pitcher to slide in there. Yeah. Have your rotation going into the twenty twenty season being Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, third pitcher, player X, Arietta. Zach Eflin, Jake Arietta. Yep. Needs to happen. And then if Vince Velasquez doesn't want to close. Get him Good out. Riddance. Trade him. Good riddance. I'm done with the Vince Velasquez uh, test. Flyers, just win. Yeah. Give me some consistency. Give me a playoff berth. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of the mediocrity. I just need to win. Gritty was a great distraction. I love Gritty. He hangs in our <laughs> studio. You don't just hang in our studio for no reason. We have legendary mascots here in Philadelphia. I need winning. I need this team to make a playoff berth, go on a run, and just give me fun hockey. Yeah, I, make hockey that exciting event to go to in this city again. You know, it's been a long time since we've had fun Flyers hockey, and I, I need it. I'm craving it, and I don't want to hit the Tank Nation website in January like Matt is ready to do <laughs> if this team starts falling off. Oh, sure, a, a good tank is fun, but this team has way too much talent. And it's way too much good talent to let it to go to tank. waste. Yeah, give me some good hockey. What do you want to see from the Flyers? Um, I would just like to see like longevity and health from all of our young guys. You know, the Nolan Patricks, the Joel Farabees, You know, Oscar Limbaugh, my man, get healthy. Um, we're rooting for you. Um, caught our heart. I mean, the future of your franchises. You know, you really just want to see good games, healthy games, and you know, just. Need them to keep doing what they're doing and, as you said, win games. You know what the people and the listeners can do, Alex? They can let us know what they want for these Philly sports teams for Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, the holidays. 
in the Apple Podcast reviews. Go to the Apple Podcast page for Underground Sports Philadelphia. Scroll all the way to the bottom. Leave your five-star rating and review. Let us know what you want each of these teams to bring you for this holiday season. Only five stars, though, because we have standards. We know you do, too. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can check us out on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. You can follow us on Twitter, at KBIZZL311. What is your Twitter handle? Because I always get it wrong. (laughs) It is AlexO underscore O prodigy the prodigy the og ben barson legend (laughs) and you can follow the show on twitter at underground phi we've got a lot of content coming to you guys very very soon so make sure you're following us it just happens make sure you check out our friends at design tree as well we've got some things planned with them come the new year that's dsgntree.com search underground sports philadelphia use promo code holidays for 20 percent off your order at checkout wow just remarkable or you can't stack these but you can use the promo code dsgn10 for ten dollars off saves you money either way that's designtree.com search underground sports philadelphia and as always guys show brought to you by our friends at main auto llc ducharms pro foot security 21 wainwright bernhardt funeral home paul j gillespie incorporated bob novick automall mark ronchetti cpa llc and the dental wellness center of Vineland, have a great holiday. We'll be back more than likely on Thursday uh, just because of all the festivities and Christmas falls on a Wednesday this year. Yep. So we will not be in the studio, uh, unfortunately, (laughs) but probably on Thursday. This is why you need to follow us on Twitter at Underground PHI because we'll keep you up to date on when the show uh, will be live and then back again on Saturday for probably our final show of 2019. That's absolutely insane. What a show. What a what a what a week of sports we have coming to us. What a weekend of sports. Flyers, go get that dub. Birds. Go birds, man. Win that damn division, please. Philly, I need y'all hype. I need we need to be hype out here. Everywhere. I don't care if you're not at the game, you're at your house, your grandma's house, you're at work. I need y'all hype. <laughs> watching on your phone, watching on TV, watching at the bar, wherever it may be. Get loud. Shout out to Darren Sproles for one hell of a career. The goat. If you want to come on the show. Feel free. Mighty Mouse. Be absolutely absurd if Darren Sproles came on the show. (laughs) But you're more than welcome. Always have a microphone open for one Darren Sproles. This has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 195. For Alex, I'm Kyle. Have a great holiday, guys. We will catch you next week. Until then, we are signing off. Peace.